1: Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in for over 125 episodes of this show, which is now part of the Rising Tide Broadcast Network. Find us on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. Uh, there are a whole lot of great shows that are available to you. And uh, one thing that I was really, really, um, really gravitating toward for uh, from this week's guest is um, is a line that uh, that's right on the top of his website, which is "Silence teaches us who we are," and that really grabbed me because I firmly believe that in this day and age of social media, we are all in instead of one big bubble where everyone is, which I believe is what social media was supposed to be. Um, it actually became billions of little bubbles with everyone just kind of talking at others instead of to them, instead of with them, no real communication. And the fact that uh, that Rich Lewis, uh, who is an author, a speaker, a coach who fe- focuses on centering prayer as a means of inner transformation, that really struck with me because there are so many people that really just need to be quiet and listen to, listen to the world around them, listen to something as simple as, the wind blowing something as as nature doing its thing as you know someone else who is trying to get to them just be quiet and let them do that and with his uh, with his new book uh sitting with god a journey to your true self through centering prayer um i am really excited to hear uh more about what rich has to say and for a lot of this i myself am going to be quiet to let the man speak uh so it is my pleasure to introduce to you rich lewis rich how are you sir
0: Great, great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: And, and thank you so much for being here. So tell us a little bit about this book and what is it that really kind of grabbed you and focused you into uh, creating, creating this this message to get out there to the world.
0: Sure. And we'll get into what is Centering Prayer. But um, the, the book really is shares what Centering Prayer is. Centering mm-hmm. Prayer is really meditation, silent, wordless prayer, and, and a relationship with God. So the book mm-hmm. talks about you know, what it is, how you do it, and then really more importantly, it shares kind of my journey since I've been practicing Centering Prayer and, and it, it, how it's healed and transformed me and I, and I think can do the same for others. So that's really what I wanted to get across in the book. What is it? And then how this practice can really heal you, transform you and, and, and kind of show you the way forward in life.
1: That's great. That's great. So uh, one of the things that I always like to talk about on this show is what I call like the lightning bolt moment. And that's that moment in everyone's life where they experience something, uh, hear someone, meet someone, see something, and just kind of point in that direction and say, that is what I want to do. That's the kind of life I want to leave. That's the kind of person I want to be. Now, when it comes to this, when it comes to centering prayer, was there like a moment that really kind of hit you that just realized that this is going to be the answer, at least if not to everyone, at least for you?
0: Yeah, I would say yes, because b- before centering prayer, I knew silence was powerful and transforming. I just didn't know what to do in it. So right. I would just sit and practice silence for a few minutes at a time. and It was brutal. Um, and I sort of persisted. But I I guess the lightning bolt moment was really, I was perusing Amazon, looking for a book to read in the fourth quarter of 2013, and I came across a book called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. So I started Mm -hmm. reading the book, and out he he talked about a practice called Centering Prayer that he had been practicing for about 15 years. So I would say that was really the lightning bolt, and I thought, well, here's, here's something I can do in this silence. So I began trying it for myself, and I began reading more about Centering Prayer and other books about Centering Prayer, and I just found it was a practice that really resonated with me and, and seemed to come easy. And mm-hmm. as a result of it, you know, it's, it's changed me. I, I'm doing things that, that they weren't even on the radar screen. I, having a, my website, Silence Teaches, which is now five years old, was not mm-hmm. on the radar screen. Writing this book was not on the radar screen going on podcasts and guest speaking um, and coaching, none of that was on, on the radar screen. And it's really all on the radar screen because uh, of this
1: practice. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just kind of like um, what you, you didn't see what was the sort of opportunities that were there until you were able to kind of come to grips with what you were doing yourself, Correct.
0: Right, right. I mean, the practice itself, uh, the, the, the idea of sitting in silence on a daily basis twice per day. Um, mm-hmm. and, why and why don't we talk about what is Centering Prayer? People might want to understand what it is. But the whole yes. idea of doing that slowed me down and let me look within and then really discover my true self. You know, what is, who is this person? What should I be doing on, on a daily basis? And what are some things I should be doing, short, you know, midterm and you know, short term, midterm and, and long term in my life?
1: Hmm. And that really, that really definitely resonates with me because there are so many people that are out there that are trying to tell other people what they should be, what they, the sort of things that they should do, or, um, what is, what is the best thing for them when really you need to just have that moment to really kind of take it to yourself. But with everything that's going on, it seems like we're going, undergoing like 24 seven st- stimulation. Um, to have this sort of moment of, of centering prayer really seems like a good moment of serenity that's very much needed for so many people. So tell us a little bit about what centering prayer really is. What is it, what is it exactly that, uh, that people should really kind of take to heart and, and maybe even be inspired to try it out for themselves?
0: Sure, so Centering Prayer has been around f- since the early 1970s, so it's, it's about 50 years old. It was actually created by three Trappist monks, or so three Catholic priests in the early 70s. They saw uh, other forms of meditation happening, transcendental meditation and other types of meditation happening, and they wanted something for the Christian community. Uh, but and uh, but, uh, but and I'll also caveat that I was saying it's not really exclusive. Anybody can practice centering prayer. So it's mm-hmm. not an exclusive Christian practice. Anyone can come as a as they are with whatever they believe. So yeah. in in the early 70s, one of the Trappist monks, Father William Menager, was reading, a, I think it's a 12th century classic book called The Cloud of Unknowing. And as he read it, kind of a, a silent practice jumped out of the pages as he read it. Mm-hmm. And they so they created the practice with, with which they then named Centering Prayer. Um, and how you do it is you sit comfortably with your eyes closed and then to begin, and well, let me say one other thing, and I said it earlier too, it's centering prayer is considered meditation, but also a relationship with God. We're opening mm-hmm. to the presence and actions of God within us and, and letting God you know, pray in us and listening to what God is praying in us and then getting up and taking action on it. So it's, a, it's meditation and a relationship with God. Um, so how you do the practice is you sit comfortably with your eyes closed and then mm-hmm. to begin your silent sit, you introduce interiorly what we call a sacred word. Generally, it's one or two syllables. It could be love, God, ocean, Jesus. And that signifies you're sitting with God, you're sitting with the present moment and opening to the presence and actions of God within. And then when you begin engaging your thoughts, and what I mean by that is when you begin thinking about all the things you did before you sat, or you begin planning your afternoon and, and your errands you're going to run at different things you need to do after yeah. you sit, You realize you're no longer sitting with God and and the present moment. You're sitting with yourself and your thoughts. So that's when you reintroduce this sacred word, just come back to the present moment, let go of your thoughts, engage thoughts, and then let go of the sacred word as well. So you use it when needed to keep bringing yourself back to the present moment. It's not mm-hmm. used as a mantra. And there are mantra practices that repeat a word interiorly or maybe even verbally, but in Center mm-hmm. of Prayer's case, it's just used when needed. So that's so that's really how you do the practice. So that's a little bit about the history. It's a 50-year-old practice. Anybody really can do it and come as they are with wherever they are in, in their beliefs and, mm-hmm. and, and, then, and see what happens. And, and then maybe the last thing I'll say is, about ten years after the practice was created by these three Trappist monks, one of them, uh, Thomas Keating, created founded the Contemplative Outreach organization, which uh, in 1984, and it has a website called contemplativeoutreach.org, and it's really the main centering prayer organization. With a ton of resources on it. And you can yeah. find groups that practice in the US as well as well as internationally and, and join them. Now many of them are on Zoom with, with COVID, but pre-COVID, they were probably in actual buildings or locations. And maybe even now some of them are possibly going back to their in you know insight meetings. But so that's just a little bit about what it is, how long it's been around, and then really the main centering prayer organization, contemplative outreach.
1: Wow. So you so um, you're able to read up on it. You're able to get yourself familiar with it. And then tell us about the moment where you sat down with yourself. You're able to get yourself in a obviously a quiet space is what's really needed for you to really connect, correct?
0: Yes, it's best to find a distraction free environment. So um, for me, it's I do it first thing in the morning and we have a, a, another room in our house and I and that's where I do my morning sit and then I actually have a second sit and, and actually use the same room again since I've been working from home for two years now. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it's best to find a distraction-free environment um, wherever that might be. And it might even need to be your car because when I was working in an office a couple of years, you know, right before COVID, my second sit was actually in my car in the parking mm-hmm. lot at, at work. Before yes. Right before lunch, I would go out to my car. Mm-hmm. most of the time, even in the cold weather, and do my second sit there. So just find a distraction-free environment.
1: Nice. So you had that moment. You were able to, um, the, for the first time, you were able to you know, sit down, get yourself in a distraction-free environment, like you said, and then you are able to reach out. You're able to make that sort of connection. What was that feeling like with the first time when you knew that, like, oh, this is what it feels like?
0: I mean I guess it just resonated with me because as I said before centering prayer I didn't know what to do in the silence I didn't know what I was doing and it was hard and it was brutal because I you have your racing thoughts and you're thinking things and then you're thinking I don't really want to sit here and it was just mm-hmm. hard and and it is and I get it it is hard for for people it's just the idea of just sitting in silence doing nothing is is mm-hmm. hard or you feel like you should be doing something or I should be busy or I have things that need to get done and I'm and I'm wasting my time um, but for centering prayer I guess I think the sacred word helped it because that 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 that's really the tool to keep bringing you back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. So you really just have to do the practice because what you find are you know, fruits from the practice. So you find that no matter how busy you are, when you take the time to do this, it helps you with life. It, it helps you. Get through the tasks you need to get done. And for example, you know I do two sets, and my second set is right before lunch. As many mm-hmm. people will say I don't have time for second set. I'm too busy. My need to do list is too big. What mm-hmm. I'm finding is that because I take that second set, you know the second half of my day is just as productive and powerful as the first half of the day because I take this set. Because yeah. the letting go you do in centering prayer helps you let go in your everyday life so you can let go of what does not require your attention and hone in and focus on what does. So I found that I'm much more productive with two sits, no matter how busy I am. And I need that sit. And if I don't take the sit, my productivity goes down. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That's, that's, that's really fascinating. So it's a mat. So it's basically just like, if, if I were to say, you know, if I try this, because I have a history of just not being able to really kind of sit still when it comes to like meditation. I always feel like I always feel like there's something that I should be doing. It's very it's almost like um, basically just almost like, you know, FOMO, like the fear of missing out on something that I should be doing or something maybe I forgot to do or something. There's always that almost like a little bit of stress that's always kind of underlining it really kind of keeps me from really relaxing and getting myself really getting myself centered. Um, So when someone like me who really, you know, struggles with meditation, but wants to really connect with it, wants to have that, that connection, that kind of serenity, what we, what do you suggest that, uh, that those like myself, should do should we just like try to focus for like a certain period of time should we just sit there until we start to feel something what is the what sort of connection um do you suggest that we that we make in order to get you know in order to get this added to their lives
0: sure for people where it's new and they want to know how do i start i I guess a couple things one i suggest make it the first thing you do as you begin your day Mm -hmm. Um, and then secondly take baby steps so start with one to five minutes i mean don't jump right to 10, 15, 20 minutes. It just it just might be way too much for you. But yeah. make it the first thing you do, first thing in the morning, and try it um, for 30 days and make it one to five minutes. And then if if you find that this is a practice that seems to work well, then start slowly increasing the time up to 15 and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that down, Add a second sit um, at some point during the day. And if you have to take the same baby steps with that, sit a couple minutes and slowly work your, your way up. And, and yeah. even if your sits are just 10 minutes, I mean, t- 10 minutes twice a day of silence is, is going to pay uh, pay off for you. It, it, the benefits, are you, you have to try it for yourself and then look back and, and see how it's changed you and, and how it's helping you live really more in the present moment.
1: So when you first experienced this, when you started to feel that connection and everything, have you did you notice like right away or was it over time, like a sort of change, a shift in your own in your own daily life?
0: I guess over time, I began noticing fruits of the practice that um for me it's it's really the grace of god god knows what i need and god's giving me um trusting god sitting with god letting go of me and and my thoughts and notions of what how things should be and just opening to kind of inner gifts that i that probably are already in me i'm just not letting them flourish and, and bloom so right. since i've been practicing centering prayer uh, faithfully twice a day uh, june of 2014 i've noticed a lot of unique fruits and I think other practitioners may have some of the same ones or, or they'll have their own but mm-hmm. i'm a much more confident person in myself I'm, I'm more willing to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things uh, i think i'm less reactive and what i mean by that is i'm more willing to listen to people give them the space they need and just listen and not react and not criticize it and see what i can learn from them yeah. i have more excitement for life than i had before Probably mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm maybe more in the present moment. I'm letting go of distractions as I come out of my, you know, sit and just opening to the present moment and what it has to offer. And then I think sometimes just not, I get wisdom for tasks that that seem to pop into my head that that previously eluded me. So I've noticed yeah. a, a ton of neat fruits, you know, from the practice.
1: Nice. That sounds that sounds terrific. So, um, when you were experiencing this, was there? Uh, when was the moment when you were just like, I have to share this with others. I have to see about, um, you know, getting others to, you know, to try this out. And when when you were doing that, was there a moment where you just kind of reached out to one person at a time, or was it something that you just kind of let everyone around you know what, what it was you were doing and the sort of benefits you were feeling?
0: You know, some of it were people nudging me. So for example, um, the book – I started writing the book because I mentioned Amos Smith's book who, that I read Centering Prayer in. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I became, you know, I began a back and forth dialogue with him, contacted him on his website. We began a back, back and forth dialogue in late 2013, and we're really friends to this day. He's wow. the And so he had written that book. He was in the middle of – finishing a second book and he actually has a couple more books that he'll have published, but he actually nudged me to write the book. So he actually challenged me to write a book. He said his was a little bit more academic and I Mm -hmm. could come at it from a different approach. He thought I had something to share. So he kind of nudged and encouraged me and, and was kind of a nice mentor for the process. So that's really why the book happened is because he nudged me to write it and, mm-hmm. and i took I took them on up on it and be, and wrote wrote it over a couple years on Saturday mornings in in Starbucks, actually. Yeah. this is how the book mm-hmm. got written. And then, in terms of just coaching and speaking, I, I'm in between churches now, but a, a, a former church member had had moved from one she became an ordained pastor in United Church of Christ, moved to mm-hmm. a different church. Reached out to me and said, "I'd like you to. I know you practice centering prayer. I'd like you to come to our church and just teach it at our faith adult faith class." So, and then I did that. Created kind of a a one and a half hour lesson on how you do it, which included doing a silent sit as part of the the class. We'll call it. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: after doing that, I realized I think I can take this thing on the road, so to speak, and/or via virtually via Zoom. So, really, both in the book and then kind of the idea of teaching it and Coaching were kind of spawned by people nudging me who knew nice. I had practice centering prayer and said you you need to share this and now yeah. obviously I I feel like I need to share it but I was I think I was scared to share it early on mm-hmm. but now I'm not scared so people so that's I've noticed that a lot in my life you, you get nudges from people that say you need to do this or you need to try this or or you need to speak in front of this audience so a lot of times things happen in my life because someone's nudged me. -hmm. With with something or inviting me to do something.
1: (laughs) That's yeah. That uh, that actually reminds me a lot of what I've been dealing with for quite a while, which is you know something that a lot of people deal with, which is imposter syndrome. And for so many years, you you just listen to those voices inside you that are saying you're not good, you're not worthy. You're gonna eventually. People are gonna find out you're a fraud. Um, But then you start listening to other people, like you said, how they nudged you. And at some point, you have to start listening to those other people just like, hey, they may have a point. And they and this this voice that I've been listening to hasn't gotten me very far. So what if I start listening to those people and see, like, what it is that you can what it is that you can do as long if, if you get those sort of people to kind of when you allow them to push you forward a little bit? And so, when that happens, when the book comes out, and then all of a sudden you're starting to, see, are, were you able to see it right away that people were were buying it, that people were reading it, that people were experiencing it as well?
0: Yeah, that was a neat experience. The book came out in August of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I and I have a Facebook presence and and and, and I have a website with subscribers. I, w- I immediately you know received you know messages whether it's emails or facebook messages or comments so i immediately began getting comments and questions yeah. um and i and i began getting it you know guest speaking opportunities people saying could you come speak to, the, to our group or come speak to our church so it was it was neat i began getting a lot of spontaneous messages and emails from from different people in different groups so yes mm-hmm. it, it, it was a lot and i continue to it's, it's 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 a whole lot of fun as, as they read the book tell me what they liked about it and, or ask me to, to come talk to them.
1: Mm-hmm. So with, uh, with that in mind, you know, if people are starting to ask you to come in for events. What was that first event like for you?
0: Yeah, I guess a little nerve wracking because I was mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone, but then once I did it, 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 it was easy. So, you know, yeah. it, it began small with, with small groups and then, you know, I, I did, I did ones that were 75 and 100 people, and then actually t- two weeks ago, I, I did one which was 400 people, and I was asked to be – it was a two-day Centering Prayer Summit, um, mm-hmm. and it was a, a lot of speakers, and, and a couple of them you know, were years and years ahead of me with multiple books, and and, and I don't do this full-time. I have a day job, and I do this after my day job. Some of these folks, that's what they do. And they've been at it for 25, 30 years. So that was a neat experience to be invited to participate in that summit and be one of the guest speakers um, was, was just a neat experience. And that was 400 people. So even right before I did that, I was, I actually got a little bit nervous that I, I mean, I, I I was well-practiced and rehearsed. I had a PowerPoint, I had my speaking points and I practiced it for a week straight because I really wanted to come from my heart and, 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 some, share something very valuable and helpful. So I yeah. got a little nervous right before it. I took, I actually did a centering prayer sit, took 10 deep breaths and then mm-hmm. did it and had a whole lot of fun. And, and, and it nice. was, and I, and I think people enjoyed it. And and even the the host of, of the whole thing had reached out to me saying there was, you know, someone wanted my presentation. So I felt, you know, Honored that someone wanted reached out to him and then I was sending him the PowerPoint I used. They wanted a second look at the PowerPoint. So that made me feel made me feel good that I had something to say. I helped one per- I'm sure I helped more than one, but I helped one person that said I, I want to see the PowerPoint. Can you send it to me?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And you know, so you have that sort of experience. Did you during that during your talk about it? Did you do like any sort of like um like a group session? or anything, or was it, is it something that they really need to do on their own?
0: So the talk really was just – was like 10 different people in the Centering Prayer space talking on different topics. So my my talk was Discover Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. So mm-hmm. because of the size of the audience, they really limited it to just talking, um, mm-hmm. me talking and, and yeah. sharing. There wasn't time – they had actually – during the summit, there were Centering Prayer sits – so they were not part of my talk. They they would have, in, they might be there might be an hour between the next speaker. So they had a centering prayer sit and then some downtime before the next speaker. So there were centering prayer sits. They were just nice. before or after the, the the talk. So each talk was generally forty five to fifty minutes. Each that's speaker fun. kind of talked for that amount of time.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. So you can definitely soak up a whole lot of information and, uh, you know, with those in that sort of app, in that sort of environment, that's fantastic. So, um, during that downtime, were you able to kind of like coach people through their sessions or is it just a matter of, I've given you the tools, you know, like you go, go over there, you sit, you know, you sit down, you get yourself, um, you know, you get yourself into a peaceful state of mind and then you allow that to unfold. Or or did you just kind of like, did you like kind of coach people through their session at all? Or was it just like letting them go about it on their own?
0: Well, answer that question in a different way. So, so this summit, uh, the host actually or, uh, was in charge of of the centering prayer sits. So, mm-hmm. I was just a speaker, and I had my allotted time that I spoke. So, during the summit over the two days, there were centering prayer sits. The host was actually, you know, kicking off the centering prayer sits, and if there yeah. was anybody new, he was sharing how to do centering prayer but then I've, I've some of the guest speaking i've done which includes a centering prayer shift that's where we've i've been able to coach so during with with, with just like if a church invited me or, or a particular group invited me to talk, part of the talk was, you know, what is centering prayer? How do you do it? And then we do a centering prayer sit together. Ooh, and then after wow. the centering prayer sit, there was plenty of time for Q&A and people to ask questions or just comment. So that's where during those types of guest speaking opportunities is when I got to interact with with people. And that was a whole lot of fun. This was more me just talking and it was a large number of people and then the centering prayer sits as i said were done by the host
1: mm-hmm. gotcha and so are there some uh, some events that are upcoming that uh, that you like to that you like to share and hopefully you know get more participation in
0: i mean i i have there's a church near me that invited me to speak so it's not i guess it's not it's probably not an event that they're opening up to the public. They simply asked me to come speak to them. So late February, I'll I'll be speaking to them. So at the present time, I don't have any, I guess, large events like that 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 I'm attending, but um, hopefully more will come. But in the meantime, I'm usually doing guest speaking at churches or Mm -hmm. um, centering prayer groups might ask me, or I've had spiritual director groups ask me to speak. And it's really so. It's generally their event, and then they're inviting their congregation, and or they might be opening it up to the public. And sometimes, though, I'll ask them, you know, since I have, you're, I'm going to come present, can I in, invite my community? And, and often they would say yes. If you you can invite your community, anybody can come. I just I just want to get their permission since they're the ones that asked me to come in, in the first place.
1: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And so, uh so. So obviously, you know, like uh, you're able to already give you know some advice to people that really want it want to try this, and just to sit down, try it out one to five minutes, make it the first thing of for your day, try it for thirty days, which I think is wonderful, and um, so then I would I would say like um, as you start to feel it, you know, then add that second session you said to you know to really kind of add a little bit more to it. When you feel like, um, have you had those moments where where people are really kind of reaching out to you and just say like, "I feel it," you know, and thank you for everything you're doing. You've really made a difference for me.
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, I get different types of comments. One, some people just need the help with starting, and, mm-hmm. and they they need someone to help them just start a practice. And then there's others that need help with adding a second practice. They know that it, you know it's important, and they should probably do it. And then, yeah. then there's other people that are more, maybe they're doing both sits and, and, and they really want to connect to their true self, the person God wants them to be. So mm-hmm. I, I guess comments around all three, whether, whether it's new people, people that want to deepen their practice and add a second sit, and then people that really want to go, you know, stop skimming the surface, so to speak, and, and really try to connect and live from their true self on, on a daily basis. And actually, other a couple other folks that I, and I've coached are, are clergy, where they they'll reach out and they recognize that they're not they need to take better care of themselves, self care from a self care perspective. They're so busy helping others and helping their congregation and their flock, and they're burning mm-hmm. out. And they realize this is probably a very good practice to start. So they they ask me to help them, you know, start a practice so, so that they can take better care of themselves. If they take better care of themselves, they're going to take better care of their. their congregation and people they're serving
1: absolutely yeah that's uh that's something that i hope that uh, a lot of people really take to heart so um where is it that uh, you said that you were on facebook where can all of my listeners find you on social media
0: sure well i guess the best place to find me is my website silenceteaches.com because mm-hmm. um, if they come there they can subscribe they'll get my free e- free short ebook on centering prayer Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my book is on my website too. If they want to go deeper and, and learn more about centering prayer, and then on my website, I have the icons that they can click on, whether they want to follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and, and I even go on LinkedIn as well. So the best place is silenceteaches.com, and then they can also see the social media icons and select the ones that you know that they like to to, to be on.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And I really hope that all of you really kind of take this to heart. Silence does teach, you know, like when you're able to connect with yourself, connect with God, get yourself in that right frame of mind, then who knows what what kind of world will be open to you. Uh, This is something that Rich experienced himself after going through the after going through this, after getting used to uh, to this entire practice, getting himself centered all of a sudden he's speaking at events he's got he's got his book out he's got the website going and i just hope nothing but the best for for him and for this practice which i feel will be a real game changer for so many people um so for rich lewis this is george Soroy saying to all of you ever upward and i will see you next week inquire about sponsorship opportunities and click on the buy me a coffee link. If you wish to give your support to the show, all interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question comment or suggestion for the show, please direct it to George at he